This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch! Larry Legend does it again! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby! How's that fail? Here's Craig Grealou, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. Good news, bad news to begin this week's show. The good, the voice is better. Probably about 80%. The bad... And this might be a personal choice, but gentlemen, Punxsutawney Phil saw his shadow, so we've got six more weeks of winter. Though MJ here in Arizona, that probably doesn't matter much. No, not at all. So, hey, listen, back east is a big day when it comes up, but uh, I think we're going to be good for the next six weeks. Yeah, for our bird gang that is in the northeast and dealing what they have been dealing over the last 24, 48 hours, everyone stay safe. Of course, when you're Bertram Berry, it doesn't matter what the weather is because, uh, B-Train, you never leave the house, right? Oh, I, I leave the house, but uh, <laughs> trust me, I'm always suited in, in, a, in a way that uh, – that's appropriate, you know. I, I don't, I don't wear a lot of coats and all that kind of stuff, but uh, I get around fairly well. All right, let's begin this week's Cardinals Red Sea reports. We'll get to Super Bowl Fifty Five and the events leading up to Super Bowl Fifty Five, specifically the appearances that players make during Super Bowl week, namely Kyler Murray. But the news of the week, and this concerns indirectly MJ, the Arizona Cardinals, because the NFC West, and we touched it on yesterday's Cardinals Cover 2 podcast, that the NFC West just got a whole lot tougher, at least in my opinion, because the Los Angeles Rams have swapped quarterbacks. Jared Goff is out. Matthew Stafford is in. Yes, Stafford doesn't have a playoff win, but in my opinion, he is an upgrade at that quarterback position. Yeah, and I guess where there's smoke, there's fire and you could tell towards the end of the season that Jared Goff uh, wasn't on the same page with the head coach and you know I think he's got a stronger arm obviously he has more experience and to me he'll fit right in with that offense and you know the way their defense plays they don't really have to score 30 or 40 to win Um, you you don't have to force feed him the plays in in the headset so and he does, you know, he can get out of the pocket, but normally he's going to sit in the pocket and make all the throws. But I do think it's an upgrade at the quarterback position and not just the arm strength, just the experience since he's been in the league. For those that might have missed the reported deal, and again, this cannot become official until the new league year begins, and that is scheduled for March 17th. But according to reports, the Rams acquire Stafford, who has two years left on his contract and turns 33 in a week for golf two future first-round draft picks, and a third-round pick this year. Goff is 26, just about to enter the first year of a four-year, $134 million contract extension. B-Train, your initial reaction to this, and then from the Cardinals' perspective, what this means for the Cardinals as far as their attempt to win the NFC West once again? Well, it just shows that the arms race in the NFC West has been on, and, and I think this is just the first piece. I think this is the first domino that has fallen, and, and I think there's going to be other moves made within the division. I think San Francisco is going to make a move, uh, but that's just my opinion. Uh, but this is, this is a move that, that gives a little bit of life to that, that, that organization. 
because I believe that they lost confidence in Jared Goff. And, and uh, as Mike talked about, in that playoff game, they were deciding on whether to go with an undrafted guy, guy that was selling you know, insurance and, 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 and making money decisions last year. And, and he was a guy that uh, they had more confidence in than your number one overall draft pick. So it, it felt like an inevitable move. And I thought that uh, this was something that really wasn't a surprise, but to think that they made this with Matthew Stafford, a guy that has a really lively arm, uh, that just makes the NFC West that much tougher. But it'll be all the more sweeter whoever comes out of the NFC West with that division title. Petrie, you look at what these two quarterbacks have done against the Cardinals, and yes, Stafford is a better quarterback, but Goff has the better numbers against the Cardinals. Seven and one, 11 touchdowns, three interceptions. Stafford, three, four, and one. 12 touchdowns, eight interceptions. From a defensive standpoint, I like a guy who stands in the pocket. Stafford's going to do that more so than Goff, yet I like Stafford better than Goff, and I think he is an upgrade at the position. Yes, he is an upgrade, and I, I do believe that with, with Stafford, it was more about the surrounding pieces as opposed to just the quarterback himself. And Jared Goff was a, a product of that system, in my opinion. I thought he really benefited from having a really good team around him, and I think having Matthew Stafford now with a good team around him and a coach that knows how to put him in position to be successful, uh, that that's going to be a problem for us Cardinal fans, but I wouldn't have it any other way because, to me, if you are going to be the best of the best and, and you, you get through this gauntlet of the NFC West, then you have really accomplished something, and I think you'll be battle-tested once you get to the, the playoffs and, and, and football in January. You know, you look at the Rams, it appears they're going all in for a Super Bowl championship, not only getting there, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup are under contract, each of those players in their core late 20s and then under contract through 2024, and then left tackle, who's 39 years old, is expected to return in Andrew Whitworth. The thing is, right now the Rams have $40 million in cap space going to the quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Stafford's got two years left at $43 million. They're still paying some of golf and dead money. And if you throw in Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, that's $50 million combined. So that's half of what the cap numbers for the L.A.'s entire team for just three guys. Three guys, that's almost $100 million. And obviously Stan Kroenke's a shrewd businessman who's worth $10 billion, So they don't pay attention to draft picks. Matter of fact, their next draft pick will be when Joe Biden is going to go up for either next president or somebody else. So that's four years from now. That's the next draft pick they'll have. Yeah, 2024, the Rams will have gone seven straight seasons without selecting a player in round one. So, yes, it is all in for the Rams in this coming season and in 2022. They were not happy with what they had at quarterback. The Cardinals, they are very happy with Kyler Murray at the quarterback. And you look at what he did a year ago. Offensive Rookie of the Year this past season, Pro Bowler, and now we can add MJ, Pro Bowl MVP, because for those that might have missed it on Sunday, the NFC, led by Kyler Murray, beat the AFC, led by Deshaun Watson. Final score, 32-12. to 12. Of course, this was all a virtual event played on Madden 21. And we talked about it when he uh, was announced and it was going to go virtual this year that this is what he does. He plays video games, and uh, not surprised. And, and the thing is, you know, they had other quarterbacks there, but he kept winning every quarter, 
And as you pointed out, this he does have the upper hand on Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he beat Watson when they went one-on-one <laughs> in that first quarter, 7-6. to six. On this topic, Kyler Murray explaining the virtual Pro Bowl experience yesterday on the Pat McAfee Show. So me, Marshawn Lynch, Jamal Adams, and Bubba Wallace, um, we played against Keyshawn Johnson, Deshaun Watson, Derrick Henry, and Snoop Dogg. Um, they were the AFC, obviously. We were the NFC. Um, me and Deshaun played first quarter, and then it kind of switched off from there. You had your matchups for each quarter. But I, I think just the combination of the skill and the coaching ability, I think that's what propelled me to. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a gamer, too? No, I'm on, I'm on it. I'm on, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an avid. Like, I, I tell people, like, if I didn't play sports, like, I, would, I think I would deadass be a, a professional gamer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We got a couple of gamers here with us here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. <laughs> B Train, you're a gamer, aren't you? Uh, that's a negative, uh, Craig. No, I, I don't play video games. Uh, once I made the decision to go football all in, I, I had to leave the video games behind. My son, however, is, is an avid gamer, and uh, he, he takes all of that competitive juice from me. I think the last controller I picked up was Nintendo, and before that was Atari. Uh, we're aging ourselves. Yes, right? I know we are. Very much so. Maybe we need to move on. But bottom line is this is what this generation of athlete does be trained. They will play video games to relax, and it's something Kyler Murray brought up a couple of days after the Hail Murray, the touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins to beat the Buffalo Bills. That night, he, Chase Edmonds, Christian Kirk, they were playing video games as a way to wind down. Yeah, and that's that's what a lot of guys, even in my generation, did, and and it's just a way to to um, to unwind and 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 relieve the stress, if you will, and uh, it's it's just a way to get outside of your your head and and uh, focus on something else. So uh, you you want to be a professional and you want to be locked in when it's time to be locked in, but during your downtime, you got to be able to get away and find other interests. And uh, if you're interested in playing video games, you know, hey, so be it. I know uh, there are plenty of interests out there for these these individuals, and and, and you just got to find what works for you. And as long as you're out there and, and it's productive and, and uh, you're not getting yourself in harm's way, then I don't see anything wrong with it. You know, it was interesting. I didn't watch the entire uh, thing, but I did watch when Murray, every time he was going to ready to call his play, it was always three and four and five wide. Uh, he did run the fall, ball a few times, and, and he was – they showed a, a promo of him, and he was going against the Titans. I said, "What was? I want to say it was on the road, and he's going against three, four, and four, three defenses." I would like to ask him, does that help you? Obviously, it's different when you're playing on Sundays. And he was always out of the shotgun as well. Another important <laughs> note to make, he was not under center. Bird Gang updates the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. More from Kyler Murray as we continue Cardinals Red Sea Report every Tuesday at 11 a.m. throughout the year right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Shotgun has the football, short set, throws a deep ball. Left side, single coverage, and it is pulled in by DeAndre Hopkins, and he's got a touchdown. What a throw by Kyler Murray, and what a catch by Nuke to put the Cardinals on the board with 2.39 to go in the first. Nuke was one-on-one. Great throw by Kyler Murray, but an even better read. Touchdown. 
We said it's going to be Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray. Whoever plays better, that's who's going to win this game. Snaps to Murray, and he keeps it himself, running left. Got a defender with him at the five. Breaks a tackle, dives, ball comes out, but he crossed the plane. Touchdown! Kyler Murray somehow, someway, found a way to get that pig across Pater. Big time play, Kyler Murray. And on that note, the Cardinals beat the Seattle Seahawks 37-34. to One of the signature wins of the Cardinals in the 2020 regular season. As we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry talking about the Cardinals and what Kyler Murray had to say. We see it every year, and no different this year, MJ, even though things are virtual, but there is a radio row. It is much smaller. There are players making appearances, though, either by the phone or through video conferencing. And Kyler Murray made the rounds on Monday and there was a theme throughout, and it was getting better, improving from 8-8 eight eight to 9-10-11 wins. What we've talked about, that jump in year three, we saw it from year one to year two, not enough in my opinion, but now you need a gigantic leap forward because this team needs to get to the postseason in 2021. Yeah, and he was making the rounds, and you know, obviously he's more comfortable talking to the media, and he said he needed to clean up on the turnovers. He said, I need to do a better job limiting those. Those possessions I'm giving away is when we can score more points he said you can't control tip balls and things of that nature but we need to eliminate the turnovers we're bound to be more successful if we can do that in 2021 you look at the cardinals a year ago their longest winning streak was three games their longest losing streak was three games yet there was a little roller coaster throughout the season and that was something murray touched on with the pat mcafee show it was just like just you just didn't know which team you were getting, and I think that comes down to you know us being inconsistent. And for me, I think it's, it starts with the little things. I've, I've said it before. Organizations that win, they do everything right. They do everything the right way. Um, the attention to detail, um, the small things. Like I've said, how you do anything is how you do everything. And I think we got to get to the point where we do everything the right way and we don't take any of that stuff for granted. And I think that'll you know kind of change the narrative or uh, the feel around the organization. From the outside, B-Train, we rode that roller coaster throughout the season. The ups, the downs, and then, of course, how the season finished with back-to-back losses to the 49ers and to the Rams. But to hear Murray talk about the inconsistency, to a certain extent, yeah, that's part of a learning curve. Yet, have you been on teams where, as he said, you didn't know exactly which team was going to show up on a given Sunday? Well, it all depends on the personality of the team, and it depends on the leadership of that team. If, if you have the right leadership, then you're going to be fairly consistent week in and week out. And I've been able to be on teams in, in both situations where there wasn't a lot of great leadership and, and we struggled. We did have that heckle, that Jekyll and Hyde type of uh, personality. And then there were teams, you know, we were led by Kurt in, in 08 and 09 where we were able to, to, to make deep runs and, and, and almost uh, achieve our goal. But uh, it, it, it really does depend on, on the leadership and the people that are looked at as the guys that are the, the tempo setters. And if you're a, a leader that, that leads the right way, then I think the team is going to, going to follow you and they're going to take on your personality more than the other way around. You brought up Kurt, referring to Kurt Warner. Is it unfair or fair to say, hey, it has to be that quarterback as your leader because to all things, it's the quarterback that gets all of the credit and then all of the blame when things don't go right? 
Uh, no, Greg, you know I don't have to give all the credit to the quarterback. Uh, there have been teams that have been led by defenses. There have been teams that have been led by running backs and uh, wide receivers, things of that nature. So it's not just one formula that gets it done. But but Kirk was just a special individual. He's a special man, and, and he has a special place in my heart. And so uh, quarterbacks are usually uh, given the first crack at it, but then eventually – the, the, the team leaders make themselves known over the course of the season and, and especially at the beginning when you're in training camp and then you're in those tough days, those, those guys that, that know how to get it done, they're the ones that usually step to the forefront. You know, the biggest difference, I, you know, he said he was asked uh, yesterday on one of the uh, shows he was on about where was your first NFL moment, and he said week one in the first half. He said, I played awful. And then obviously, you know, they're down and he tied the game, but the thing can't for for Kyler Murray is is when you hear him talk now, he knows he can't do it by itself. He, you know what I mean? He, you watch those, some of those post game um, press conferences, and he took it so personal. And I hate to lose. Everyone hates to lose at that level. I mean, you work so hard all week, but now he knows I can't do it alone. And that's what I'm gathering. What he's been saying over the last couple of days. And I think that's an important note because when you're in high school and you're in college, you can do it by yourself. You can will everyone around you to be better. To a certain extent, you need that as well on the NFL level, but everyone is good at this level. And Murray now knows that, hey, it's not just me and the offense, it's me, the offense, defense, and special teams. Yeah, and he's, you know, he said every any given week now, he also was saying, that the game has slowed down for him, which is very encouraging to me because that means you can go through your progressions. Um, you can look at your first read and check it off maybe to the, to the back and the flat. So uh, the game's going to have to slow down. I mean, Patrick Mahomes admitted that he didn't learn to his third year, which is his second year starting, to recognize defenses. So it's a process, and it's going to be a big offseason for him and the head coach to get on the same page, and the offense needs more playmakers. And it's important for Murray to understand where he needs to get better, and at least it sounds like he does. From an outsider's perspective, last week on the Big Red Rage, former Arizona Cardinal Sam Acho asked from afar where he sees Murray can improve the most. It was exciting seeing the ability of Kyler Murray, right? He's unbelievably talented mm-hmm. but then you've got you have to go through that maturation process that we saw if you remember what russell wilson went through from here's his year one to here's year two in 2012 russell wilson's first year he was a solid quarterback right wasn't doing outstanding was trying to figure out how to read defenses well 2013 14 15 he became this expert at reading defenses and i think there comes a point where you get to play the biggest and the baddest and the best of the best and you have to up your game. Film watching and, and helping, having someone teach him how to read defenses and not get trapped by, by good coordinators. I think that's, that's an area he can improve. How to be a professional. That's a phrase, B-Train, that we've heard a lot with respects to young players. Some catch on quicker than others. Murray entering year three, I think, now understands what it takes to not just be an okay team or even a good team, but if you want to keep playing in the month of January, knock on wood in February, you've got to be an excellent team, and that's every single week. It is every single week, and, and part of that maturation process is understanding that you don't know everything yourself and being able to humble yourself and, and ask for help with uh, some of your peers. And, and uh, when you get to that point when, when you realize you don't know everything, that's the beginning, and, and that's when you really start to take off. And I think for Kyler and, and a lot of the players on this team, if, if they're willing to humble themselves and, and really uh, seek help from guys that have been there and done that, because the thing that's so – unique about the NFL 
and really sports in general is that even though you may play on other teams, guys that, that have respect for you are willing to help you. They're willing to give you certain tricks of the trade. Now, they're not going to give you all of them to, to help you beat them, but they're going to give you things to help you develop your individual game and help you become a, a better professional. So uh, there, there are different levels. Uh, there's the physical aspect, getting getting bigger, faster, stronger, all those type of things. But then there's the mental side. How do you study? When do you study? Where do you study? All those different details that 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 make an individual that much more efficient uh, in his study and in his progression to becoming a better player. Well, I think this applies probably to anything in life. If if you're thinking you can't react as fast, and, and he went on to say, once the game slows down for me, you can play fast and be comfortable in the pocket. It allows me to take over with my abilities. You don't have to overthink things. And he said, the game definitely slowed down for me in 2020, and I think that my play reflected it. So, again, progress. But, again, you you have to study the playbook. you got to watch a lot of film. And – you know, not so much video games, but watch film. And obviously these guys will take a couple weeks off, possibly a month before they start, you know, looking at the season and the off season, what their workouts are going to be. So I like what he's saying. Now he's got to prove it. And recognizing that every game you play matters in September, October, November. Yes, they get elevated and magnified and there's more pressure when you get to the month of December, but do not lose fact that a win or a loss in September can affect you at the end i.e. losing to the Lions, losing at the Panthers. Kyler Murray talking on the NFL Network this time about needing that sense of urgency in 2021. I think we led the league in penalties, you know, and that's not that's not winning football. It's not championship football. We showed a lot of flashes, but, you know, I think there's a lot of work to be done, and I hope, you know, we can come back with that sense of urgency and understand, you know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done because, I mean, our, our division, I think we play in the toughest division in the NFL. It's only getting tougher, so the urgency has to be super high. Penalty certainly was a talking point, and I think to a certain extent, B-Train, it did get better later in the season, but it wasn't so many the how many penalties, but when were these penalties occurring? A first and 10 becomes a first and 15, or all of a sudden you think you're off the field on third down, and all of a sudden, nope, you were offsides or you got called for defensive holding, drive continues for your opponent. Those are the penalties that you need to correct and not have happen again. And then you think about the false starts and, and starting, and that's just concentration. That's just part of that being a professional uh, maturation process. And, and you've got to understand that when you hear the call in the huddle, you've got to be able to take that to the, the, the line of scrimmage and, and be able to execute that. And, and that's just concentration. That's just focus and being locked in. And, and when you have that first and 15, you're already behind the, the eight ball, and, and now you're already having to change how you go about trying to get that first down because now it's not just the 10 yards, it's 15 yards, and the defensive coordinators and the defensive players understand that it becomes more daunting the more yardage you need in order to pick up that crucial first down. And it's the little things. Going back to what Murray had to say, MJ, as far as penalties, make sure you're good every single play, and not just on Sundays, but during the week. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a big issue, and B-Train really hit it on the head there. The false starts, the pre- and post-snap penalties are more mental errors. I understand you play the echo of the whistle, and you feel like you're getting beat. You can't have a Drake or Patrick penalty like that. But for the most part, pre- and post, those are mental errors. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 
Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. We have hit halftime here on this edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report. When we come back, Super Bowl 55, Chiefs and Buccaneers. Our thoughts next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Rodgers set, short pass, crossing down and caught by Jones, 30, hit, ball free, it's loose, it's a fumble, it's picked up by White, the 20, far sideline, 15, he goes to the far sideline, 10, he's knocked down on the sideline at the 9, Green Bay with the turnover, it was Devin White, the Buccaneers defense, they're doing it in every way today. Big win for Tampa Bay at Green Bay. You spot the Packers 10 points, and then you score 38 unanswered and go on to win. Kevin Harlan, Westwood 1 with the play-by-play, bringing us back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Greg Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry as we turn our attention to the game on Sunday, Super Bowl 55. Buccaneers in their own home stadium taking on the Chiefs. It's supposed to be a neutral setting, but for the first time in Super Bowl history, the home team will have a home stadium at Raymond James Stadium for the first time in Super Bowl history as we take this matchup gentlemen in two different segments first here B train looking at it from Tampa Bay's perspective yes there is a lot of talk on Tom Brady his 10th Super Bowl appearance looking for his seventh Super Bowl win but we know that he can't do it by himself and you're going to tell us and I agree with you that it's on Todd Bowles and that Tampa Bay defense to figure out a way to get Brady his seventh title. And I think that's the the way to go. I think it's a smart approach. I think B.A. understands that Tom Brady is a great quarterback and he will go down as the best ever, but at this stage in his career, he's not the guy that's going to carry a team. And looking at how they've won games in the playoffs, it's really been the defense being the catalyst. And they've given Tom Brady great field position and, and extra possessions which is what you need in order to be successful. And really, that's not just Tom Brady. That's most quarterbacks. If you give them extra possessions and you're able to limit the amount of points that the opposition scores, you're going to win a lot of football games. And so they've done a great job of assembling a lot of speed on defense, a lot of young talent mixed in with enough veterans to be able to to digest what Todd Bowles throws at them. And they've been able to carry out his game plans flawlessly especially during this, this playoff run. And, and, of course, having a playoff game at home, uh, that they, they've been on the road all, all of the playoffs just to get back home. And, and what, a, what a tremendous opportunity for that team. And, and uh, we'll see how this plays out. But, yeah, time is great. But, yeah, it's the defense that's going to really determine how, how they fare come Sunday. Yeah, the Buccaneers' defense has recorded seven takeaways, five interceptions, two fumbles, and five sacks. And Shaq Barrett, he registered three sacks in the NFC Championship game, and they're getting turnovers from a rookie or a young player in Sean Murphy Bunning. Um, he has three, one in each game. And so, um, and you look at the situation with the Chiefs, um, Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, they're both out. So you got to think they're going to attack with the Sue inside and JPP in the way that um, Devin White's playing and Levante David. Uh, this guy's one of the more underrated players in the NFL. I mean, he's got over a 1,000 tackles um, and forced fumbles 24. I mean, he's been a tackling machine. So uh, they got the right guy to make the call. Now it's a matter of how do they attack and keep 
Uh, Patrick Mahomes easier said than done in the pocket. Yeah, the Chiefs losing their left tackle and right tackle certainly puts some pressure on that offensive line because on the flip side, how have we seen Tom Brady lose Super Bowl games? Well, it's been the pressure from the outside or up the middle. Teams have been able to get to Brady. So if the Buccaneers defense can get to Patrick Mahomes, perhaps that gives Tampa Bay a little bit more of an edge, something Sam Acho, who played for Todd Bowles, speaking on the Big Red Rage last week, talked about with Paul Calvisi and Ron Wolfley. Well, those outside linebackers specifically are ready to eat. Some people say they're ready to hunt. Uh, I was in the room last year with Shaq Barrett, who had a few sacks, with Jason Pierre-Paul, who had a few sacks in the game last week. Those guys, their confidence level is through the roof. You've got to put pressure on Patrick Mahomes if you want to stop them. Earlier in the season, when Tampa Bay faced Kansas City, you saw Carlton Davis, the defensive back, the corner, get burnt by Tyreek Hill. Todd Bowles is telling Shaq and telling JPP, if you do not get to this quarterback, this loss is on you. B-Train, you look at this matchup and the fact that these two teams did play earlier in the season. To Acho's point, it was 27-24, only a couple of late fourth-quarter touchdowns by Tom Brady got the Buccaneers to within a field goal, and that game early on was all Kansas City. How much does Todd Bowles look back at that contest, or is it too far removed, and this is a different Buccaneers team considering how well they've played since then? Both teams are are a little different than what they were in week six, and that's to be expected. Uh, There's a lot of football that has been played between then and now, but at the core of it, you are who you are. And Coach Bowles is a a coach that's going to be aggressive. He's going to try to get after quarterbacks, and they're going to use their front to to do that. And uh, you know that that Tyree Kill got the best of that matchup in week six, and so they're not going to be stupid about it. They're going to go and, and figure out a different approach to try to limit his catches. You're not going to contain him or, or shut him out, but you don't want him going nuts for 200 and every many yards he, he, he got. I mean, it was, it was insane. It was, it was almost like 300 yards receiving. But uh, you, you definitely don't want to have the exact same game plan that you had the first time around. Uh, you, you just want to, to tweak it a little bit. But at the same time, they've gotten to this point by being true to themselves. And I think Coach Bowles is, is up for the challenge, and, and I know that, that uh, he will find a way to take advantage of, of, of some of the shortcomings of the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line. Yeah, I mean, it, in, in, in normally Todd will rush four and drop seven. Um, you know, I don't know what the recipe is out there, you know, because Mahomes can run. He can throw the sidearm passes. He run. I mean, in the, the way Travis Kelsey's playing, it just opens up the middle of the field. I mean, B-Train was alluding to, you know, Tyreek Hill has at 172 yards receiving. Um, and then you look at Hill and Kelsey as a whole, over 100 yards. I mean, that, that and then they're going to run the football. And then they have, you know, if Sammy Watkins is healthy, they got some other wide outs that can stretch the field. So uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Just I don't know if you can slow them down, but you're going to have to put pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, and I think that is the main focus for Tampa Bay on either side, offense or defense. If you can keep Mahomes contained, then in of course, if you're Tom Brady, maybe some extended drives. Keep Mahomes on the sidelines. We'll continue our discussion on Super Bowl 55, turning our attention to the Kansas City Chiefs. Can they pull off something that has not been done since, well, the New England Patriots did it back in 2003-2004, and that is repeats as Super Bowl champions. Super Bowl 55 coming your way on Sunday from Raymond James Stadium. A crowd expected to be about 25,000 in attendance. 
to see how many of those are Buccaneers fans, how many of those are Chiefs fans. We continue to promote, preview Super Bowl 55. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Second and 10 for Mahomes at his own 25 now. Going to throw a slant, caught, 35-yard line, shoot move, Tyreek Hill, 45, 50-yard line, cuts it back, look out, 40, 35, 30, Cheetah in full speed, 10 to the 5-yard line, new player press, the Cheetah will run you all the way around the earth, it's a 71-yard pass play to the Cheetah on a quick slant. Shovel inside to Kelsey, and he leaps and dodge. Touchdown, Kansas City. A new wrinkle to Kelsey. Zeus drinks from the sweet nectar of the end zone on a shovel pass, and the Chiefs have their biggest lead of the game. The unmistakable voice, Mitch Holtis, on the Chiefs radio network. A couple of plays from the Chiefs win in the AFC Championship game over the Buffalo Bills. And, yes, the offense is certainly a lot of fun to watch. And we talked about Tyreek Hill in our last segment. Going back to that first meeting with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, seven catches, 203 yards, two touchdowns in the first quarter. Finished MJ with 13 catches for 269 yards and three touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes had 462 passing yards. I'm not expecting those kind of numbers this coming Sunday, but did you do have to pay attention to not only Tyreek Hill, but as we just heard, Travis Kelsey down the middle. Yeah, and you go back to the Bucks. They've won each game in the past seven games, including the postseason since the tw- uh, Week 12 loss to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. As for the Chiefs, they've won 12 straight games, started by Patrick Mahomes, including the postseason. So, obviously, you want to be playing your best football December, January, and going into February. He won't win the MVP this year, B-Train, but Mahomes does have the Chiefs back in the Super Bowl for a second straight year. And many people believe that if you are going to have someone perhaps in that conversation of greatest of all time with a Tom Brady, then it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, he's going to have to win on Sunday. But it is very early on in his career, and he's already putting up some incredible numbers, but more importantly, leading his team to the final game of the season. Yeah, he may not win MVP, but he's definitely the best player in the league right now, and and a lot of people uh, firmly believe that. And when you start talking about his first three years as a starter, I don't think anybody can match what he's been able to do. Uh, It's very impressive to see how he has only scratched the surface of how good he can really be because you have to keep in mind he's he's barely 25 years old. I mean, he hadn't hadn't really done anything yet. And, And... uh, for him to already be this accomplished and, and a, a great way to to get a leg up in that debate about the greatest ever is to beat the guy that many consider the greatest ever right now. So uh, this Super Bowl definitely has a lot uh, hanging in the balance as far as both legacies as, as, as the quarterbacks, Tom Brady and, and Patrick Mahomes. But uh, but Patrick has been nothing short of sensational. And, and for anybody that, that, that may question the contract that he received, uh, all you have to do is look at his resume thus far and, and know that that may actually be a discount, which is kind of crazy to think. But uh, he is at the top of his game right now. He's, he's as confident as, as anybody, as well he should be, and, and he, he is just the gold standard right now for the quarterback position in the NFL. Brady, 43 years old, 188 days. Patrick Mahomes, 25 years old, 143 days. 
are set to have the largest age differential in Super Bowl history, 18 years and 45 days. B-Train, if they win, do we start talking about dynasty? Yes, and as long as you are able to keep that team together, which they were able to, you know, I think they're going to be able to do with the, with the contract being friendly towards the team, if you can keep those main pieces together, uh, then I really believe that they can, can, can be successful for a very long time. Now, obviously, I want our Cardinals to have something to say about that, but uh, looking at the AFC, uh, it, it's going to be very difficult to keep up with that track meet and that four-by-one team that they have out there with the Kansas City Chiefs because uh, there's one thing that, that is very difficult to coach against, and that is speed, and they have that in abundance uh, out there in Kansas City. Yeah, almost too much speed, at least when you look at it from a defensive perspective. But it all starts with the quarterback and Patrick Mahomes. Three years as a starter, four years overall in the NFL. But he is certainly on another level, another tier, if you will, something that Kyler Murray was asked about yesterday on the NFL Network when he looks at Patrick Mahomes on film. You know, speaking of Madden, you know, he, he's got this trait. It's called bazooka. Like, he, you know, he's got the ultimate – he can throw it as far as he wants. So I think, you know, mixed with the guys around him, man, he's he's obviously a great player. You know, I'm, I'm obviously trying to get to where he's at right now, man. He's, he's been in, what, two Super Bowls now. He's won MVPs. Like, he's doing everything right. He's only trending up. That's a good description, MJ, because you look at what Mahomes does, especially scrambling away from pressure. It is sometimes seemingly what only a character in a video game would be able to do. Well, he 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 can't push that button on the field. It's just it's his instincts, it's his traits. Um, yeah, I mean, as B Train said, nobody's talking about his contract. No, almost well upwards of half a billion dollars if you will if you reach every incentive and it lasts the entire way but could be a discount and uh, certainly well worth it considering what he's done to this point but i know b train you're also going to be keeping your eyes on that chief's defense something that doesn't get talked a lot about but another underlying storyline here with respect to that chief's defense is defensive coordinator steve spagnola he was the Giants defensive coordinator when the Giants upset the then undefeated Patriots in the Super Bowl. And then you have to start asking your asking the question, perhaps maybe he, talking about Spagnola, has the key to uh, make things difficult for Brady on Sunday. Well, we know what the secret is to, to neutralizing Tom Brady. It's, it's, a, it's a front four. It's a pass rush. If you can get after him with four guys up front, then you have a great chance of winning the game. And, and times that Tom Brady has struggled, uh, in big games, it's because of a front four that's, that's able to get him off his spot and, and get him uncomfortable in the pocket. And so, yes, yeah, Steve Spagnuolo did a wonderful job with the Giants, and, and they had that NASCAR package, if you will, with those, those uh, three defensive ends and one defensive tackle, and they were able to, to cause havoc and, and, and really keep Tom Brady uncomfortable all game long. It's just a matter of does he have the right personnel to do that now in Kansas City. He's got some good outside rushers, and, and it remains to be seen whether he can can uh, use that same type of game plan, if you will. We saw it be successful in week six, but, again, both of these teams have evolved since then, and Tom Brady most definitely remembers uh, what happened in week six, and he's not going to let a lot of those same things happen again, and you have to give him that respect because he's been around and he's seen a lot and he's done a lot, and so – they're not going to necessarily surprise them with scheme, but it's going to take great effort in order to get this done. 
And they're getting a little bit of lift from Leonard Fournette. I mean, he had a 20-yard touchdown run in, in the NFC Championship game. He has seven total touchdowns, six rushing, one receiving in six postseason games. Now, and we know that Larry Fitzgerald had seven touchdowns in a single postseason uh, in 2008. So uh, uh, clearly with Godwin and Evans, and then we'll see about Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, Cameron Brait, Rob Gronkowski. He does have weapons. Now it's can they – did it have to go on nice 10, 10, 11 play drives to punch it in because you can't kick field goals when you get down to the red zone. No, and this Chiefs team doesn't settle for field goals. They're going to score touchdowns. Exactly. We saw that in the AFC Championship game. Don't make that same mistake that the Buffalo's Bills did as far as settling for three when you really need seven and several sevens in order to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Before we go around the horn here, gentlemen, giving our prediction, one more from Sam Acho last week on the Big Red Rage, the one matchup that he believes could determine the winner of Super Bowl 55. I think it's going to be the Tyron Matthew versus Tom Brady matchup. Um, Mm. That's really what I believe. So Tyron Matthew is a field general for that team. And, yes, Kansas City had a phenomenal offense, but they weren't winning Super Bowls until Ty got there. And so – I think that Ty Matthew, if he gets his hands on that football, I'm talking interceptions, I'm talking forced fumble, I'm talking fumble recoveries, then, then, then Tampa Bay doesn't have a chance. A career-best six interceptions this past season for Tyron Matthew, an Arizona Cardinal fan favorite, now a renewed life, if you will, these past two seasons with the Kansas City Chiefs. B-Train, how about it? What do you think of that specific matchup? And then what is your prediction as far as what happens this Sunday? There's a lot of respect between these two individuals. Both are have very high IQs when you're talk, talking about their ability to, to process information that they get pre-snap and to anticipate what the other side of the ball is going to do. And so there's going to be uh, a nice chess match going on between those two individuals, and, and uh, both have a lot of respect, and, and, and I think they're going to try to uh, trick each other to to a certain degree, but at the same time, it really just comes down to execution. They both need to help the other 10 guys on the field in order to get it done. So whether they are able to get the better of each other, it's still about the team, and that's what makes this game so great. Uh, both of these teams have uh, a, a, a bell cow, if you will, a guy that's a lightning rod and, and a guy that can um, get this thing done, and, and they both have – players that have championship experience. So neither neither team is, is, is coming in with, with uh, a disadvantage as far as experience, but uh, we saw Kansas City do it last year, and, and of course we've seen Tom Brady do it too many times. And so it, it really just comes down to execution, and, and I think these two players will have a say in the outcome. Uh, obviously Tom Brady will have more of a say because he'll have his hands on the ball much more than Tyron will. And, and so we'll, we'll just see how that plays out. But I, I'm fascinated to see how uh, they both try to go at each other early on in this game. So who's your winner? The Bertram Berry prediction for Super Bowl 55. I'm going to go to Kansas City Chiefs because there's, there's too many people that I know that would kill me if I went otherwise. I'm, I'm going to say the Kansas City Chiefs win. 27-24. So peer pressure. That the, the bottom line is, forget any individual matchups or scheme. It's all peer pressure. Uh, yeah, it's definitely peer pressure, and, and uh, you know, both, like I said, both these teams are good. Uh, they both have advantages. Tampa Bay's playing at home. Kansas City played in the last Super Bowl. They've been there, done that. Uh, it, it, to me, it comes down to who has the better players, and I just think Kansas City has more better players than Tampa Bay. 
I'm not going to make my mother very happy because she's a huge Tom Brady fan. I'm going with the baby goat and the Kansas City Chiefs. I do like what the Chiefs have. They are certainly the best team. Now the question is just because maybe you're playing at home and the road that this Tampa Bay team has taken now all of a sudden it ends in their own home stadium and it's certainly fascinating to hear the narrative change around Tom Brady he was that player that no one wanted to see win because he won all the time now it's hey wouldn't it be a great story you know at the age of 43 he can lift that Lombardi trophy for a seventh time not that he's going to retire at the end of this season or anything but that's that to me is interesting because I think people believe the Chiefs will win but there certainly seems to be that sentimental side of it to see Tom Brady and then Bruce Arians win as well. Well, I mean, we didn't have to hype up this game, right? Even though it's two weeks in between, we didn't have to hype up this game. But uh, let's say we hypothetical here. We get down to the last four or five minutes. Mahomes scores. Brady gets a chance to counter. That's what the Super Bowl should come down to, you know, the last uh, five minutes of the game. But I tell you what, you don't have to hype up this Super Bowl. you got two quality teams, two quality head coaches. You're going to have some Hall of Famers from this game. So I'm looking forward to coming up on Sunday. Let's hope for a good game coming up on Sunday. We know B-Train, what, uh, no shoes weekend, or at least for that uh, Sunday, right? Shoes off, legs up, watching? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Feet up, watching, you know, maybe an adult beverage or two or, or six, you know, who knows. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll just let the let the day flow as it goes, and uh, hopefully we'll get a, a great game, uh, very competitive between two very good teams. Well, fingers crossed. Let's hope that happens, then we'll talk about it in one week's time here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Special thanks to those that make it happen behind the scenes. Senior Broadcast Manager, Producer Jim Omohundro, Technical Director Cody Fincher. For Bertrand Berry, Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.